We're doing our series, Prophetic Words for 2024, and I've got a great guest and a dear friend to share with you today. There's been a lot of exposure, even in the church, in 2023, and there's going to be more in 2024. So how do we respond? Well, first of all, we need to understand what God is up to in the midst of it, and he is up to something glorious. Don't go anywhere because Ryan Johnson is going to share a prophetic word with us, what God has spoken to him about what's coming in 2024, specifically when exposure of leaders and exposure in the church continues. Ryan, my friend, let me bring you in here. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on this. Well, we had a great time last year. We do this series every year, Prophetic Words for the Year, and you are a voice that our audience really loves and appreciates. So I reached out to you and said, hey, are you hearing anything for 2024? And you immediately got back to me. And as I said at the top, you know, there's there's obviously we're in an Isaiah 60 season. We're in Isaiah 60, as I like to say here on the show, opportunity but that means darkness is on the earth and deep darkness on the people. And we're being made aware of it so we can deal with it. But one of the most heartbreaking darknesses and deep darknesses we're being made aware of is the darkness in the church, the darkness in the priesthood. And this doesn't take God by surprise. I think it grieves him. I think it breaks his heart. But I recently did a video about what Satan is up to, how Satan attacks you when leaders are exposed. So when you shared this prophetic word with me, it really got my attention. So if for everybody watching, if you haven't seen that video on what Satan is, is up to or what Satan's trying to do to you when leaders are exposed, I'll put a link to that in here. But so your word really got my attention, Ryan. I'm going to turn things over to you here. We'll have a conversation, but I want to give you the room you need to share this word, share what God's been showing you, where this came from and what the word is. You know, I, I put this in the best nutshell version I can possibly uh, get this into here. But in August of 2023, I had a vision of what many would say a tidal wave. And what I heard the Lord say was a wave of glory is coming. And we all get excited about that stuff when we hear it. But I immediately heard that it's not the typical wave of glory that you think. What I heard the Lord say is it's not about new mantles or fresh revelation. It's a tidal wave that will crash against the grains of sand. It'll transform individuals through genuine repentance. And that the Lord is going to move upon individuals, even what appears to be difficult transitions. Uh, there's going to be the dealing with in repentance because of selfishness, greed, disobedience, hard hearts, all these things. So it was a day of reckoning coming to many in the body of Christ. Naturally, when I heard that word, it's not like I hooped and hollered and said, yeah, God. My heart broke because I recognize that our culture has made a greater impact in the body of Christ than the body of Christ has made in our culture when I speak of this nation. And my heart for the past six months in, in from August to now, just really heavy and breaking for people when I see things are happening in the body of Christ. And I also see people that were kind of excited to see men and women of God have their their failures, their flaws, their mistakes, taunted, you know. And I was in prayer, and I was asking the Lord, I don't know how to respond to this, because I know this is you. You're not exposing this to bring sh shame or guilt on people. But I'm needing to know what it exactly are you doing. I know you're drawing people back to your first love. I know that you're drawing people back, but I need the bigger picture, because I'm I'm beyond grieving 
it felt like a little bit of defeat in this. And the Lord spoke a simple statement to me. And he said, there'll be an emergence of the faithful ones. Now, to be honest with you, I got excited when I heard that because one of my favorite people in the Bible, when we look at faithfulness, and you've heard me talk about this, is Joseph from Genesis. You know, the multicolored dream coat, Joseph, who had every reason in the world to complain, gripe, criticize, get angry, whatever. But his whole life, he, there's no scripture that ever alludes that he did, but how his life is defined as faithful. And it's always been important to me to go back to that scripture when I felt like I had failed or I felt like I'd been done wrong. I always go back to Joseph and I get encouraged. But that's not what the Lord was highlighting to me. And I began to do this journey on faithful individuals throughout the word of God. And I was shocked, Robert to understand where God was carrying me. And I believe it has everything to do. And I never even understood it until I got to the point of remembrance that we in the Hebraic calendar are in the year of the open door. And I believe that God is going to release, going into 2024, we're going to see an emergence of the faithful ones, individuals who maybe have not had platforms, microphones, many opportunities, but they're going to be uh, suddenly... They're going to go from where they have been to where they need to be. And because of their faithfulness, there's going to be things open up, but it's about salvation coming to homes. It's about restoration. It's about redemption. It's about hope. We're going to see an emergence of faithful ones that will rise up in this hour to release the glory of God for such a time as this. I, I completely agree. I hear you. I've had a, I've had a, a I'm carrying a couple words for uh, 2024. One includes that God is bringing this sort of stripped down rebuild to his church. There are things he's removing. He's taking us back to foundations, but then he's going to rebuild us to an even greater glory. And one of those things is he's, he's going to help renew our understanding of what real holiness is so we can walk in it. So I really like hearing that in the midst of what the enemy's trying to do through all this exposure is we realize you said it we're in the year of the open door and something hit me right when you shared that ryan we think of the open door and it has been open doors of blessings open doors of opportunity but when you open a door sometimes you're exposing what's going on in that room and what's been hidden behind the closed door there's now an open door and i think that's part of what this season of the open door is about it is about exposure not for exposure's sake so that we can be aware of what's going on because as we always talk about we're here to deal with it that's isaiah 60 verse 2 that's the isaiah 60 opportunity that we're in to behold the darkness the deep darkness we allow the kingdom of God to arise. The glory of the Lord appears upon us, and we deal with the darkness. One of the things in your word about how God is speaking to you that what he's up to in the midst of all this exposure is not only cleaning up what's been going on in the church or making us aware of what's been going on in the world so we can deal with it, but also cleaning up what's been going on in the church. While the enemy wants to use that to discourage us, to frustrate us, to embitter us, to get us to check out, to get us to give up, to get us to disengage so we don't trust leaders, we don't trust other believers, all that stuff, everybody you're watching that I cover in detail in the video when what Satan's up to when leaders are exposed. Ryan, when you said there's going to be an emergence of the faithful ones, two things hit me, and you talked so eloquently about the first. 
there's going to be an emergence of those who remain faithful to God no matter what that actually burn with a fear of the Lord, who really come to understand holiness, this lie of holiness being legalism or self-righteousness or religion is going to get dealt with and pushed away. And we're going to realize that the faithful ones are the ones who are the heroes of holiness, the radicals of righteousness. So the other thing that hit me, though, that I want to bounce off of you and hear what you think, is when you say the emergence of the faithful ones, I think I think there's an aspect not only that the people who will remain faithful to God and say no to the temptation of the flesh, the lures of the world, all that stuff. But I think it's also those who will remain faithful in walking with God in the midst of more exposure and more disappointment. I'll give you an example. In the 2020, I, we, we have a common friend who has a real passion for the prophetic. And in the 2020 election, obviously, we had some challenges. We had some growth opportunities. We had some learning opportunities with the prophetic. And some people missed it, some people, whatever. But the, our friend came out of that thinking, you know, we've got to have, we've got to have some real accountability in the prophetic. And I think we need to put together a prophetic council that holds every prophetic voice uh, uh, to accounts. Um, and we had this really great conversation that he was very passionate about. And my input was, A, I love your passion. B, I love your heart for um, the prophetic and for the body. The challenge in this to me is the people who need that accountability will never submit to it. Um, and the other problem I have is your passion is coming from, and this is a good thing, because he's very prophetic, but he's very pastoral. And he said, I know people who are turning away from the prophetic, who are doubting that prophetic is even valid because of these people who missed it. In other words, because of the failings of man in prophetic ministry, they're turning away from God and the prophetic. And my input to him was, I hear you. We need to help them. But one of the ways we help them is we've got to help them grow up a little bit. Because if they're denying the prophetic is even valid because some prophets missed it, that's not just a challenge with prophets missing it and not using it as a learning opportunity. This is something going on in their heart that they're almost looking for opportunities to be embittered. So I think this emergence of the faithful ones is not only will be those who continue to walk according to God's will, word, and ways, but also will continue to walk with God as man fails. I think you're 100% correct on this. You know, in that, in that little illustration that you just gave there about individuals walking away from the prophetic because of the mess that we had not long ago my my heart wants to scream out you're basing the validity of the prophetic through god on man rather than his word and that's the hang-up for me when i see and i hear the lord say the emergence of the faithful ones i don't look at the demonstration of men that appear to be faithful i look at the demonstration of god who is faithful God himself is faithful. So when we see the emergence of the faithful ones, what we'll see is individuals that have the character and nature of the father. And that demonstration comes out of them because one of the things that happens, and I, and I see this a lot of times, uh, we live in a time in which we believe that we should demand loyalty within churches or within networks or relationships, whatever the case may be. And I, I know by definition what loyalty means, and I'm, I'm not discrediting the definition of loyalty, but just stay with me just for a moment. The Bible doesn't teach loyalty. The Bible teaches faithfulness. Now, let me explain before everybody kind of goes off on me here just for a second. 
You can have a covenant marriage between a man and a woman, and you can have a man who is faithful to the concept of marriage, but not loyal to his spouse. He could be committing adultery, and he's faithful as a providing husband, as one that pays the bills and gets the food and all that, but he's not loyal in the covenant mm -hmm. of the relationship. Now, see, this would be a problem, and there's a lot of people that demand loyalty. And what they're really saying in a lot of this is not a broad stroke, but in most of the cases, what they're really saying is you must be on my side at all times, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, or no matter where I go, you must be in full agreement with me all the time. Faithfulness in God will produce a type of loyalty, but God never demands loyalty. He requires faithfulness unto him. And mm. faith, again, will produce a type of loyalty but we have this reversed in the body of Christ. We're demanding loyalty. No matter what I say, no matter what I do, you stay with me at all times. And that's why I believe that God is going to see this emergence of that. Listen, 1 Kings 8.56 says, Not one word, not one word has failed of all the good promises that he gives. That is, in and of itself, a nutshell of God's faithfulness. Loyalty demands a product. Faithfulness receives a heart. And that's the thing that we have to recognize, that we're faithful out of the characteristic and the nature of God. I'm faithful unto God. When I'm faithful unto God, I'll be faithful in our relationship with, with one another's brothers in Christ. I'll be faithful to that. Many people will see it as loyalty, but the, it will come as a faithfulness unto the Lord first. And that's what's important. So when we have prophetic words, for example, that you, you elegantly brought out that illustration of it, if we're first faithful to God, who is the author of all things prophetic, when a man or a woman misses a word, we're not derailed because they missed the word. Because our faithfulness is not what they say or how they say it or what they do, but our faithfulness is the one who first released it. Man will fail me. Man will disappoint me. Man will hurt me from time to time. But I don't get mad at man when man fails. I get hurt. My heart breaks, and I grieve over certain individuals, but I don't give up on them because my faithfulness is the one who never gave up on me nor gives up on them. That's what we're saying when we're saying the faithfulness of those that will emerge. I think one of the most important areas God wants to develop faithfulness in or, or grace us for faithfulness in, and let, let me back up just a second. I think one of the greatest areas we've wrestled in the church one of the areas I've wrestled in that God's really been working with me on for a couple of years now is his, we, 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 as charismatics, we love the presence and we love the power and we should because we desperately need them. And we're here as charismatics to receive and steward that. Yeah. But the fullness of God's glory that's supposed to arise or appear upon us is not only his presence and his power, but it's his personality. And I think there's something that is coming. And the, the viewers know that I've said that God spoke to me several years ago and said the coming move of God will be marked by his personality. Obviously, we'll have his power. Obviously, we'll have his presence. But it will be marked by his personality because if it's not, we're never going to see a one, two, three billion soul harvest because many of those billions will never come to a church 
We'll never come to a revival meeting. We'll never come to a tent meeting. We need those. I'm all for them. But if we're going to reach billions, one of the things we have to do is be faithful to moving in his personality, which will open the door for people to be impacted by his presence and his power outside of church, outside of meetings, outside, outside, outside. And I think one of the things that we have not been faithful to in the body of Christ, and and we're growing in it. I'm always I'm always under encouragement, and I'm thrilled that God's working with me on this, is to become faithful not only to His Word and His will, because we do that. But then, if we're not also faithful to His personality, our faithfulness to His Word and His will and His ways becomes self-righteousness, becomes bitterness, becomes anger, becomes us flaming other believers and other people on post, makes us posting bitter, bitter things about our least favorite politician, our least favorite media outlet. And help me, because I'm thinking of this, but I'm not getting it exactly right. There is a scripture that says Jesus knew what was in the hearts of men, so he did not trust them, but he loved them, and he came for them, and he shared with them, and he was there for them. And I think part of this emergence of the faithful ones is in the midst of the darkness in the world, the deep darkness in the people, and the exposure that's going to continue to come to the church Ryan, is we've got to ask Holy Spirit to help us watch over our hearts so we don't mistake faithfulness for for uh, rage or ire or cursing instead of blessing, speaking death to let California fall into the sea because Newsom's evil and they're full of wickedness. Jesus came. That's being a son of thunder. And in Luke 9, I think it is, he's very clear. He was very clear with me several years ago. I was a son of thunder. And he was very clear with me, Ryan. You don't know what your heart's like. You don't know what spirit you're of. The son of man came to save man, not destroy. And I think one of the things we must cry, I've been on my knees in tears at times saying, Lord, I want my heart, my voice to sound more like you, my heart to be more like you. I want to be kind when I don't want to be kind. I want to be patient when I don't want to be patient. I want to be loving when my flesh doesn't want to be loving because that's who you are. So one of the things that I'm getting passionate about and daily prayer time, Holy Spirit, help me, help me, help me is to be faithful to represent his personality as much as his presence and power. What are your thoughts? I love this. Um, you and I have had challenging and in-depth conversations. I, I think there's a lot of things that can be going on in our world right now that can cause and often merit frustration. Uh, there's times that, yeah, we, we're validated to be frustrated. I think what is very dangerous for us is when frustration becomes our identity and we lose something. Now, I, I am all for 110%, all for us bearing the identity of Jesus. You know, we, we're kind of still that culture of what would Jesus do? I just want to show the love of Jesus. I want to shine the love of Jesus, all that. And I'm for it. And I 100% believe it. But I believe there's also another level of maturity. You know, Romans tells us that the earth is grown in for the revelation of the sons. And, you know, we've had this conversation. That word means mature sons. Well, I think something that is often missing with many born-again believers, now let me, let me clarify that, is some become born again. They get their gown of salvation. They become satisfied. 
Some are born again, and they get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They become active in other ways, and they become satisfied. I genuinely believe there's another level of spiritual maturity, and that is bearing the identity of the Father. Mm. And what I mean by this is the, the Scripture tells us that God looks throughout all the earth for man whom he can reveal himself in, okay? Now, we also understand that Jesus at multiple times, first of all, Jesus never took credit for anything. He never took credit for anything. He always gave honor to the Father. But he said something so astonishing. He said, if you want to see the Father, you've seen him because you've seen me. Now, here's the thing. Was Jesus saying, because of my physical appearance, you've seen God? Or is it because of the nature and the characteristic of who I am, you have seen the Father? See, I genuinely believe there's a challenge for all of us who are born again, that we are, of course, to take on the identity of Christ. We are, of course, to have every aspect of Holy Spirit, but we're also to mature to a place that we can represent the identity characteristic and the nature of the Father. And I believe it's what's missing in a lot of places, because how can you be born again, have such a deep hatred for people that are lost and dying and not having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, a lot of people say, well, they're wicked and they're evil individuals, and I, I can have that heart for them. Yeah, but yeah, but you got to know what the Father said. There's, there's Scripture to understand that He sent His Son for the whosoevers. So it doesn't matter how wicked or how evil a person appears to be or can be, there's still a plan, there's still a hope, there's still a redemption, a possibility of a reconciliation that they can come to Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The most wicked. I used to say forever, and I'm having to change it because of a younger generation having no clue who I'm talking about. But um, I, I, I used to say all the time about, you know, crazy people, Ted Bundy and stuff. You know, if Ted Bundy would have been able to cry out to the Lord and renounced his sin and everything that, the, that Satan had done in his life and cried out to Jesus, the goodness and the justice of who God is, he would have received him. Now, to us, we would have said, this man's wicked. He's horrible. He raped and, and done all this to women and children. Mm. This is horrific. How could he ever do it? You know, the greatest way that Hamas will ever be defeated is they have a radical encounter with the presence of Jesus because the love of the Father. Hamas is a wicked terrorist organization, but their wickedness is not greater than the love of the Father. Come on. They're is not greater than the redemption of Jesus Christ who went to a cross, went to a grave, and rose from the third day. But what's going to have to happen is we, the faithful ones, are going to have to take that nature and that characteristic of the Father even a step further. Amen. And here's my question. You're, you and I are very similar. We're, we not only want the revelation, we want the application for the revelation so we can equip, encourage, and empower other believers. So as you were sharing all that so well, I kept having this thought about the parable of the sower of seed. And so often we think of the, I think it's four different examples Jesus gives in that as four different people. You know, the ones who receive it, the ones who don't receive it, the ones who receive it um, for a minute, but then the troubles come, et cetera, et cetera. I've often, probably since almost being a new believer, I know that's applicable, but I've often thought of that as also different stages of our own life, our own walk, or different areas of our life. Yeah. Like maybe for me, it's very easy to hear and receive the word for healing. 
or for finances. But and, you know, I take it in and no matter what, I won't budge from it. This is the truth. I'll decree it. I'll declare it. But maybe in another area like um, love keeps no record of having been wrong. And I'm thinking, OK, I know that's true. But then, you know, have, you're having an argument with the wife and you're like, hey, you know, you've done this. It's like, wait a minute, I'm not applying it. So this is my question to you, because I agree with everything you're saying. I'm excited about everything that you're saying. I have actually been sharing, I've been traveling all over the world, sharing how for me, the prophetic words from God, especially this year, have gone from paragraphs or pages to sentences. So I don't want any of you that hear this word and think, oh, so the whole word is there will be an emergence of the faithful ones in 2024. That's not very long or complicated. No, it's not. And it's not because of Ryan. It's because Ryan's hearing from the Lord, I believe. And I know there are prophetic voices out there whom I love and respect that are still getting pages and paragraphs. But I think God is speaking to many of us in sentences so we can hear the word, remember the word, and partner with him in, in, in seeing it come about. It's easier to grab hold of and position yourself to receive and apply a sentence than it is three pages. So how do we do that, Ryan? You know, some people might be thinking, I think I do a pretty good job of, of, of representing the Father when it comes to love or patience. But what about those who, you know, maybe aren't doing so great with joy right now or with long, so whatever it is. How do we position ourselves? Because obviously God has to do it, but we have a role to play. How do we position ourselves to receive from the Father, to, to, to partner with the Father, to get the grace with the Father, to, to show the world who he is and what he's like, which has been our job since day six, to represent and represent him made in his image and after his likeness. What can we do in this season, whether if we need it across the board or if we need it in certain areas where we know, you know, when I'm in traffic or when this happens or when that happens, I'm not representing the father well. How do we how do we position ourselves in this season to be faithful with him and to him, but also faithful to allow him to reveal himself through us in those areas? You know, there's a, a multitude of things, but I do want to I, I've jokingly said for a little bit now, I, I'm so grateful for the movies that we had released in the past year, year and a half, whatever. You know, you you have the one of the revival um um, Lonnie Frisbee and, and such. I've just, uh, Jesus Revolution. I just went blank all of a sudden. And that movie comes out and you see all of a sudden in many locations and regions, this emergence of baptisms, water baptism. And I think it's beautiful. I think it's wonderful. It's awesome. Then we had a movie on deliverance and all of a sudden we see the emergence of deliverance everywhere and people have a deliverance sessions and stuff. And I think that's wonderful. I think that's awesome. And I have jokingly kind of said to my wife, I long for the movie about salvation, so we'll get be, get back to being born again. Um, I, I, you know, I kind of jokingly say that, and yet I'm really serious about it. And the one thing that I, I, I want to say, I went through, when the Lord spoke this one sentence to me, I think one of the most simple things that we, in this nation, I can't speak this for all nations, but in this nation, I can I feel confident in saying this. We have become addicted to everything being done for us, and we've lost the ability to search what God is really saying. 
And I think the challenge came because when I heard the one sentence, that was it. That's all I got. And I had to search the Lord. And I had to go back in, and I had to come through and, and open up my Bible and go through stuff. And I went down this list, and I name it in this article that I wrote. All these people that are defined faithful in the Word of God, but nothing resonated with me. Nothing leaped off the pages and said, this is what I'm talking about until I got to Silas. Mm-hmm. And the life of Silas, most people only know one thing about him, and that's Paul and Silas are in the prison, and they began to sing out hymns and praises, and the earth shook, and the jail cells were opened. That's the story we know about Paul and Silas. But we fail to understand that the apostles in that day defined Silas as a faithful one. That's his legacy. Silas, the one that we don't know a whole lot about. But here's the thing. Silas was never supposed to be on that journey with Paul to begin with. Paul and Barnabas had been on many journeys together. And Paul and Barnabas have this disagreement over John Mark, the the maturity of of John Mark. Paul did not want to take him at that time. Paul eventually does take John Mark. So Paul and Barnabas, they separate. And Silas comes on the scene. And one of the first things they endured is being arrested and thrown into the bottom of the pit. And they choose to worship. Now, I'm saying this because I believe what's got to happen the faithful ones, is we've got to learn. And, you know, it's so interesting. I'm sitting here, Robert. I I think I got set up. You and I were having a conversation before we started recording. Um, We've been through some stuff with my son and his health issues and stuff and everything. We were just kind of having an off-camera conversation, and I made the statement, and I'm realizing now it was for this moment as well that a lot of times we choose to live in defeat rather than digging in our feet. And what I, I, I look at Silas as a faithful one who has been arrested and put in prison, and rather than choosing defeat, they dug their feet in and began to praise God anyway. Well, let me, let me say it this way. For the f- emergence of the faithful ones in this hour, we're going to have to dig our feet back in a little bit more harder than ever before, but it's going to be in three ways. It's going to be back in the Word of God. We've got to know what the Word of God says. I'm, I'm at a point to where I, I know a lot of people say a lot of good things, and it feels good, it looks good, it sounds good, but it's not God. Everything good is not God, but everything God is good. But there's a defining moment in that, and we got to know what the Word of God says. How can I decree or declare anything if I don't know what His Word says? So we've got to dig our feet and be faithful back into his word. Now, I'm not meaning that to be disrespectful to preachers or apostles or prophets or anything like that, but I'm talking about digging into the word of God. The second thing is digging into our prayer life again. I said this in a conversation just this past week, and and I've been attentive, and I've been looking for it, and I've been missing it, and I'm hurrying. I've been missing this. When was the last time you heard someone say, I had a praying grandmother or a praying mama? We don't hear that statement anymore, and we need people to rise up and pray once again. And the third thing is dig in our feet and our worship and our praise. When we don't feel like it, when we don't, it doesn't want to be in that moment, we've got to praise him. Whether we're in the pit or whether we're in a palace, whether we're in the good days or the bad days, faithful ones know how to worship him and give him praise. Repeat those three things again, Ryan. Be in the word, be in prayer, and be in worship. Is that correct? The three things, those are prayer, uh, word, prayer, and worship. In all honesty, are elementary principles. You don't have to have a theological degree to read the Word of God, 
to pray or to worship or, and, and give praise, worship slash praise. They're elementary principles. But hear me when I say this, everyone that is listening, it is the consistent application of the word, prayer, and worship that will spiritually mature you. When you become inconsistent in those three areas, you will find your life going a topsy-turvy all the time. But spiritual maturity comes from the consistent application of those elementary principles. You know, one of the ways you can define faithfulness is consistency. You're faithful to do these things. So I think you're really nailing something because we hear something like there's the emergence of the faithful ones. They'll be faithful to God's word, will, and ways. They'll be faithful to put him on display. They'll be And we want that. And that's really good. But then let's not hyper-spiritualize it. Let's lean into the Holy Spirit of it all and do these three things. The kingdom's simple. We, you and I talk all the time, and I say all the time, Ryan, the kingdom's simple. It's not always easy, but it is simple. Be in the word. It'll remind you who God is and who you are. Be in prayer. Operate in the authority that you have. Have those conversations with God and let him talk to you in the areas maybe you need more to be more faithful in. I know there's certain times he gives me a check, and I'll give you a key. One of the ways he often highlights something to me is he'll speak to me when I'm talking about something, and he'll say, come on, son, we both know that's not what you're really like. You know what being faithful is? is to really be who you are in Christ consistently, consistently. And I like what you're highlighting, Ryan, because we're not just, we're not only talking about say no to sin. And everybody, the antichrist spirit is running amok. Don't give it fuel or foothold in your life. And the way you do that most effectively is to be faithful and be consistent in being in the word, being in prayer, and Ryan nailed it. The battles are coming. You've heard me share about how there'll be spoils of war in 2024. There is more warfare coming in 2024, but if we show up in the battle and in the victory we have in him in the battle, spoils are coming. But one of the most important things we can do is what Ryan said, not accept defeat, no matter how things look or feel, but dig in our feet. And one of the ways we go to war is worship. Prayer and worship are the two of the main ways we go to war. And then let Holy Spirit highlight to you. If there's a response, if there's an attitude, if there's an area of your life, if there's a behavior, if there's a compromise, let him speak to you and say, come on, son, come on, daughter. We know this isn't who you really are. This isn't who you're really like. And then rejoice and worship him for highlighting it to you because you are going to be a faithful one. You are going to be an emerging hero of holiness. You're going to be an emerging radical of right, righteousness. You're going to be part of his solution in this coming hour. And why wouldn't you want to be? So, Ryan, one thing I'm going to ask you to pray for the audience as Holy Spirit leads you in regards to this word and what's coming and how for them to be a part of it. But before you do that, share and then roll right into the prayer. Share where they can read the article you mentioned, where they can hear more from you, where they can get more from you, where they can get your media or even book you to come in in 2024 to unpack this more and more and empower them in this more and more. Yeah, the easiest thing is to go to our website. It's my name, ryanjohnson.us, ryanjohnson.us. And when you go to the section that says blog, you'll find the latest word plus other words I have shared uh, for a number of years now. You can uh, find our Facebook or Instagram all at the bottom of the website. There's other ways 
uh, to connect with us, our product that we have, books that we have. Uh, it's all on the website. So just ryanjohnson.us and you can check out all that information. We'd be grateful for you to go and check that out. Leave us a comment. Uh, connect with us in some way, somehow, we'd be grateful and respond in an accordant manner that we can. So let me pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I first and foremost thank you for those that you created. They're not a mistake. They're not an accident. They're not an error. There's an assignment, a purpose, and a destiny in their life, and only which you created them to fulfill. And so, Father, I thank you for their yes unto you. And to those that may not know you but have heard this, I speak to them right now in the name of Jesus, and I say that they can call upon the name of the Lord, and they shall be saved. Cry out to him. It's great that you can be at a church and find an altar, but he can have an encounter with you no matter where you're at at this moment, sitting in your car, at an office, at, at your desk, wherever it is, he will meet you there. And I pray right now that the faithful ones will not take on a spirit of arrogance, but they will take on a spirit of Holy Spirit boldness and confidence to rise up in this hour, not to be defeated, but to dig in deeper, to know what the Word of God says, to decree, to declare what the Word of God has already established. And Father, as you draw them into your Word, into prayer, into worship, let them continue to strike the ground, never giving up, or recognizing that the enemy is greater because he's not. And I pray over every individual right now that the white noise of the enemy be silenced and the voice of the Father be louder than any, any voice that is being spoken unto them. I decree it and declare those things now in the name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Ryan, thank you so much. So appreciate you taking time to share that word with us. Unpack it. Pray for us. You guys heard him. RyanJohnson.us is where you can get more from Ryan, hear more from Ryan. Um, later in 2024, in May of 2024, early in the year, he and I and Ed Rush and Patricia King and Michelle Burkett and a whole bunch of other amazing ministers are doing an event in Tennessee right around the corner from where Ryan is called It's Time. Informational on, information on that will be up on our Facebook pages and our ministry websites and all that great stuff. Or just email me, robert, roberthotchin.com, and you can come and be a part of that event. Um, I also want to give a huge shout out and thank you to all the partners of Robert Hodgkin Ministries that make these live streams and web streams possible. You are sending us around the world in meetings, media, missions, ministry, and I am so, so grateful for you. I'd also like to encourage any of you who are watching, who are blessed by this or a Supernatural Mentoring Series or want to help get the power, presence, and personality of God out to the nations uh, in person and through media, go to roberthodgkin.com, click the giving link, and sow a generous one-time donation, or please consider joining our go team helping us go to the nations with the presence power and personality of god you can be a part of the go team and be part of god's solution by signing up to be a monthly partner god bless you all huge thanks to ryan johnson again be sure to go to ryanjohnson.us and find out more not only about him but get more from him and i'll see you back here soon for another prophetic word 
in regards to 2024 or our supernatural mentoring series hey while we're while i'm at it just click the subscribe button and whenever we upload new content of any kind you will be notified god bless you it's going to be a powerful 2024 and you're going to be a part of it ready for more go to roberthodgkin.com for more teachings more resources and more information about robert hodgkin ministries and men on the front lines